She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Waste Away Podcast. Today, please enjoy this special best of episode with questions and answers featuring Thomas DeLauer and Ben Azadi. All right, well, let's jump into a few questions and then I've got some questions for you. But this first one is from Willie in Virginia Beach. He says, how do you get as lean as you are, which is probably about sub 10% body fat, while still maintaining so much muscle mass and not getting too skinny? Yeah, very, very good question. Uh, It's first important to note that I was very, very heavy before. So I had a good amount of muscle just from carrying them around my weights and and that sort of thing. So it's a lot easier for me to hold on to it because my body is relatively custom to it. Now, that's not to say that it can't be done because I have seen it done all the time. Uh, for me, it's always a matter of fluctuating the timing in which I do my fasts so that I'm never timing them uh, consistently. I'm not doing the same time periods over and over. And what I mean by that is you have to keep your body guessing. And and I don't like to ever say that specifically because you don't want to trick your body. That's not what we're really after. But by constantly changing the time in which you eat and the time in which you fast, you're allowing your body to kind of get into a little bit of a shocked state where your results are going to be more powerful from what you're doing. And what I mean by that is if you do the same thing over and over and over again, your body's going to adapt to that. It's going to adjust to that. So if you're constantly tweaking and constantly refining, you do allow yourself to get a continued result. For me, that continued result is maintaining muscle and staying lean. So I'll go through periods of time where I'm in a caloric surplus, or I'll go through periods of time when I'm in a deficit, but they're never extended periods. For example, I try to look at things in a different scale, whereas a lot of people will look at uh, traditional three months of bulking and then three months of cutting. And they kind of like go through these back and forth where they they gain a bunch of weight and then they trim it down and they don't realize that, hey, I can stay lean year round if I do that same thing, but I do it at a smaller scale. And what I mean by that is like things like fasting. When I'm fasting, I'm in a deficit. When I'm eating, I'm in a surplus, but it's just compressed. So it's like, in essence, I'm doing my bulking and cutting phases in one or two days rather than over six months. Yeah, love it, that's so good. Let's talk about if people are in a rut because I do get some emails all the time that are like, you know, I've lost a bunch of weight and now I'm in a little bit of a rut. Well, what are some things that they can do to kind of give them a jolt of like extreme weight loss where they can kind of feel like, okay, I need like that little boost right now to get me on the right track. Yeah, I get those emails too. I'm sure somebody listening is like, yeah, what's the answer here? (laughs) Well, the first thing is to revisit the fundamentals of health and make sure those are are rock solid. And that's going to be sleep. Your body burns, most of its fat burning hormones are activated, I should say, during delta stage or deep sleep. So you want to make sure you're getting good quality sleep. And I would I would quantify that as, you know, seven to nine hours of quality sleep. Maybe you're using a sleep tracker to make sure you're getting enough REM sleep and deep sleep. I use the Aura Ring. So it's not just the total amount of sleep you're getting, the 
quality. It's that deep delta sleep where you're activating a lot of your fat-burning hormones, the brain is detoxifying. So make sure you're getting quality sleep. If you hit a plateau, you're in a rut, look at your sleep. And if it's not optimal, work on your sleep. Number two, which is another fundamental of health, is your stress. How are your stress levels? Is your job just creating so much stress in your life, relationships, finances, find ways to filter that stress into positive energy. It's easier said than done, but we want to make sure we're mastering that stress. Once you've got that down pat, then we want to focus on movement. Not necessarily exercise. Exercise is great, but movement. So maybe you make it a goal to get 10,000 steps every single day. And even the best thing to do after eating a meal is actually to go for a walk. It's going to help you with fat loss. It's going to help with that postprandial glucose. So maybe adopt the habit of a 10 to 15 minute walk after your meals and aim to get 10,000 steps per day. Now, let's say you're doing all that and you're still in a rut. The next thing to do is to mix it up. Just like a, a great personal trainer that you hire is always going to change up the workout for you. What would happen if he, he gave you the same workout routine every single week? You would get, begin to plateau and you would be in a rut. So a smart personal trainer knows I want to keep the body guessing. I want to keep the body adapting. This week, we're going to do high rep and low weight. Next week, we're going to do low rep and high weight. We're going to change the workouts. We're going to hit different angles. So it's the same thing with your fasting schedule. I'm not a big fan of having the same schedule every single day. I like to mix things up. So if you're doing 16, 8 every single day of a fast, maybe you want to throw in a 24-hour fast once per week. Or maybe you want to change that to 18, 6 instead of a 16, 8. Or maybe you're doing too much fasting and you want to have a couple of days where you're not fasting. So that's a, a perfect example right there. Mix it up and change it up. And if you're doing keto, it might be a time to start flexing out or just change your foods that you're eating. Every time you change, the body has to adapt. This is called hormesis. And it creates a positive stress because good cells get stronger when you force a stress and bad cells don't adapt. So it's like survival of the fittest. So that would be my recommendation for those in a rut and focus on health, not necessarily weight loss. The body needs to get healthy to lose the weight, not necessarily lose weight to get healthy. Um, the next couple of questions I have, and it kind of goes back to what you just said, but it's constant. I will tell you, this is like one of the top questions we get. And I'll sum it up for you. Basically, they're saying, you know, I'm doing intermittent fasting. I'm doing keto. I've lost 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, but I still have 20 or 30 more to lose. And they can't seem to get that last 20 or that last 30. And so they saw these drastic results and now they're at a standstill and they're like, I am stuck here. I've still got 20. I've still got 30 more pounds to go. I can't get them off. What would your suggestion be for those people? Yeah, that is such a frustrating thing. And the last it's like the last 15, 20 pounds for me was just, just terrible. It was so difficult. And it took me so much different trial and error until I finally realized that what was happening was I, I was just like everybody talks about, I was getting to this point where my metabolic rate had just adjusted to what I was eating. And it happens with fasting too is, okay, maybe we're doing intermittent fasting, but in our eating window, perhaps we're only eating 1500 calories. Well, thermodynamics would tell us that we have to continually decrease our calories if we want to end up losing weight. And once our body adjusts to that, well, your body's just adjusted to intermittent fasting and that's just your lifestyle, but maybe it's not going to change your body composition anymore. 
which can be so frustrating because you're like, well, what else can I do? I've already eliminated breakfast and lunch. I'm now I'm just eating dinner. You know, it, the logical thing for people to do is just eliminate another meal and start fasting longer, but that's not necessarily the route you want to go. Just like anything, we require diet breaks. Now, when I say diet break, I don't mean that you come off of everything entirely. What I had to do was I had to periodically elevate my calories to maintenance level, just the maintenance level. And these are clean calories and I would still do it with intermittent fasting. So yeah, I might bump up my calories 10, 15, 20% for one to two weeks, still fasting, but just increase my calories a little bit. And then by the time I come off of that, my body usually makes a change because it usually takes one to two weeks for your metabolism to sort of adjust again with any kind of diet break. The other piece that I, I really talk about a lot on my channel is it's very, very common for people that are doing fasting to also be doing keto. And within the keto realm, it's so easy to want to just eat more fats when in reality, fats are providing us with the energy source. We want our body to be able to pull the energy source from our adipose tissue, from our fat tissue. So what I typically recommend is periodically dropping the fat intake very low for one or two days. And then you're, so you're really just having protein on your, you know, your keto days, which seems very aggressive and it kind of is, but you're not having to do it frequently. You see, there's a lot of diets out there like the uh, protein sparing modified fast, which actually I ironically put a video out today on, which is a medical weight loss method where you go very low calorie, very high protein, very low fat. In a medical scenario, they're doing this over the long term. I'm recommending going low fat, high protein for like one or two days per week so that your body finally has an opportunity to start pulling from your stored body fat and it doesn't get sort of adjusted or spoiled to all the fat that you're giving it all the time. You need to let it actually pull from your stored tissue now and then. I agree with that so much. For me personally, um, you know, I, the way that for me, if I need to lose some weight, like I gained probably about seven pounds during COVID and I was like, okay, I need to really take this off. But for me, I had to add in some longer fast. And then I had to also, I had to just constantly keep changing it up. I had to do like a 48 hour fast thrown in there. Then I had to make it where at one of my days I was doing it because normally I eat in a four to six hour window. I'd have to make it an eight hour window, eating more carbs, just constantly changing it up. Because it, it's just like the gym. If you're doing the same thing all the time, your body is going to adjust and just get used to it. And you're not going to see the results that you want. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And along with that, changing the timing in which you fast, just like I mentioned earlier, could mean maybe you're used to doing an eating window from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. or from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. What's stopping you from flipping that on its head and having your eating window in the morning and fasting in the afternoon and skipping dinner? Some of the biggest results that I've had in the shortest amount of time have been when I decide to still do a 20-hour fast, except I'm fasting through dinner and overnight and then breaking my fast the next morning. You just kind of flip it on its head, but we don't typically think of that as the typical fasting because most of what's out there and most of what works and what's convenient is just skipping breakfast, skipping lunch, and then kind of getting into dinner. So I encourage people, try switching it up. Try having a different you know, fast during a different period of your diurnal rhythm and during a different... Um, you have a different microbiome in the afternoon. You have different gene expression. You have all kinds of different things that are happening in the afternoon and evening. So why not expose yourself to fasting during this different state of being? And you might be surprised at how it just, all of a sudden, things start to click. 
Let's just take a minute and let's talk about my latest discovery. Listen, this is the hottest super nutrient packed product that's going to boost your brain and your overall well-being. First of all, as soon as I tried this product, I became a fan of it and was blown away by the immediate result. I felt focused. My mind was clear. It just doubled my mental performance. So this product has the superpowers of mushroom extracts and collagen. So it has four of the best health-boosting mushrooms. It's got lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and reishi, collagen, and Peruvian cacao. So when you combine all of these, the four mushrooms and the collagen, it is going to energize your brain and your body. It's called Kala Genius. So check it out, newtopia.com slash wasteawaygenius and use the code wasteaway10 during checkout. I want you to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of alternate day fasting. We've been getting a lot of questions lately about kind of people doing full days where like they might be eating one day and then they are fasting completely the next day. What are some of the pros and cons of that for you? Yeah, I mean, that's going to work, especially in the beginning. Uh, if you eat your regular diet, you made no n- nutritional changes, but you did like what Chantel just said, one day of regular eating, maybe three to five meals a day of a standard American diet, and then one day of a fast, you'll get benefits from that, no doubt. Now, the cons of that is somebody's not changing what they're actually eating during their eating window. Ideally, we want to pair fasting with a healthy eating schedule as well. Another con could be, it could be too excessive, especially if you're not timing it to your cycle, especially if you have a lot of stress. We don't want to practice too much fasting if we're not getting quality sleep and if we're stressed out because fasting, like I mentioned, is already a stress to the body. But if you have too much stress and you're adding more stress, it'll make your stress bucket overflow. The perfect analogy is a great analogy from my mentor, Dr. Pampa. He gives the example of, yeah, it's important to apply stressors and and have the body adapt. But if your bucket is full and you're applying too much stress, like if you're not getting quality sleep and you're doing too much fasting, it's like having a full cup of water and you start to shake it. So you're applying that stress, that water is going to overflow. What we want to do is deplete that cup of water, deplete your stress bucket, and then you could start rattling it a little bit more with more aggressive fasting. So those are the pros and cons. I love that alternate day fasting, but how much stress do you have? And it's always important to mix things up. So maybe you do that for a month and then you change things up to a different schedule. That brings us to this question. This is from Jacqueline in Washington, D.C. She obviously is an avid listener of yours. She says, Thomas's podcasts have suggested that in order to build muscle, I should I should breakfast. I think I should skip or no, I should breakfast in the morning and consider skipping dinners. Please advise on best morning meals. Most suggested are dinner type meals. Do egg whites count as a lean protein? Jacqueline from Washington, D.C. Jacqueline, super good question. And it it does. uh, I I feel like for building muscle and for staying lean in the process, um, training in the morning and then breaking your fast after your workout in the morning is just phenomenal. A couple days a week. You don't even have to do it all the time. Not, Not every single day. Uh, the caveat to that is if you don't train in the morning, 
you may want to you want to adjust to be breaking your fast whenever your workout is over. So I said that in that video because I work out in the morning and I know most of the people that listen to me or watch me probably do as well because I preach it so much. Uh, but if you work out in the afternoon, you work out in the evening, you should schedule your fast as such so that you break your fast at the end of your workout. So now that I've got that out of the way, uh, egg whites absolutely can be a lean protein. Um, I usually steer people away from breaking their fasts with egg whites because it's the almond, the egg white. If you look at a lot of ALCAT scores and a lot of food sensitivities uh, testing, you generally find that people will have a stronger uh, immune reaction or an allergy or histamine response to egg whites than they do to yolks. Now, if you look at like AIP, autoimmune paleo, like some of these protocols, they usually have people introduce egg yolks before they ever do introduce egg whites because they're, for lack of a better term, less inflammatory. I don't, I, I use that a little bit loosely, but that being said, of course, if you feel good eating them and they don't cause you an issue, then there's nothing wrong with it. Personally, if I break a fast with egg whites, I gain like three pounds in water weight over like the next like six hours. It's really, really, really wild just because I have a weird response to that. And a lot of other people did too, my wife included. So again, yes, a great lean protein if you can react okay with it. Um, otherwise, I would suggest going with a poultry simply because when you break a fast with poultry, you get a good amount of thiamine. So you actually get the proper utilization and proper glucose utilization in the body too. Uh, and then you want to try to wait about 30 minutes after your workout to when you eat that meal, just because you are going to get a little bit more fat burning that occurs just because of the post-exercise oxygen consumption after a workout. Uh, so yeah, first thing in the morning, you can have your coffee before you work out. That way you're going to mobilize a little bit more of the fat, finish your workout 30 minutes later, lean protein. If you are doing carbohydrates, it wouldn't be a bad time to have carbohydrates too. And I say that because some people do fasting with keto, some people don't. So you'd want to have very, very lean carbohydrates, something like a uh, red potato or just a you know, microwave or oven bake, just a regular russet potato, uh, super lean, just get the starch in. So anything that I haven't asked you that you want listeners to know about ketosis or keto-ish or keto flex or anything we haven't already discussed? Yeah, you do a good job at, at delivering the tools that people need, like actionable steps, what to eat, how to fast, castor oil packs, all these biohacks. Something that I want to add to the conversation is how important it is to intersize before you exercise, meaning a lot of people self-sabotage themselves because of their stinking thinking. Uh, and it's so important to have the right mindset going into your new game plan for your health. Because if you have that stinking thinking, I've been saying, if your thinking is stinking, your dreams are shrinking. So when you, a lot of people have these self-limiting beliefs that are holding them back and they self-sabotage themselves. So for me, what has been a game changer for my health and what I teach to all of my Keto Camp Academy students is the practice of gratitude. It's a simple practice that when you do it intentionally every single day, will upgrade your fasting schedule. It'll upgrade the supplements you're taking. It'll upgrade everything you're doing because what we appreciate, we'll begin to appreciate and value. And there's a part of the brain called the reticular activation system, RAS. Whatever you feed that part of the brain, it's going. you're going to see more of what you're feeding it. And that's a universal law. Perfect example is if you wanted to buy a new car, let's say you're looking for a red Tesla 
So you are on the internet looking at red Teslas and you finally make the decision to go to the dealership to buy your red Tesla. You purchase your beautiful red Tesla, you're driving it off the lot, you're driving home, and you notice a red Tesla passes by you and you think, oh, that's weird. I just bought one. There's one that just passed by me. You thought it was coincidence. And then you're driving home and you're at a stoplight and you see another red Tesla right beside you. You think, that's weird. That's two red Teslas in 30 minutes. And ever since you bought the car, weeks after, you're seeing red Teslas everywhere. Now, did they, everybody buy red Teslas because you bought the red Tesla? Or are you now more aware that these red Teslas are all around you? It, of course, it's the latter. You're more aware of it. You've filtered out and activated that reactive um, reticular activation system. How do you relate this to your results? Well, when you feed yourself gratitude and do affirmations and say, I'm healthy and I appreciate my beautiful body, I appreciate the healing that's occurring, you're feeding that reticular activation system. So when you see an obstacle, the obstacle turns into an opportunity because you're making that switch. So I highly recommend you become aware of the thoughts you're thinking, develop a gratitude practice, surround yourself with winners, surround yourself with people who also want to be healthy because your environment is important. And as you do this, you get better and your health starts to improve. But if you don't do it, it's going to be very difficult to get the results that you desire. So that would be my final thing that I would add to the conversation. Intersize every single day and you take care of the inside and the outside takes care of itself automatically. All right, this next question is from Lindsay in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm getting frustrated because I feel like I hear different people talking about different opinions of what to drink when fasting. One guy says, have a splash of lemon in your water. It's no big deal, they say. Another person says, diet Coke is fine. There's no calories. Another one says, it is a big deal. Some people say 50 calories of heavy cream isn't a big deal. Butter isn't a big deal. And everyone seems to have conflicting ideas. What are your thoughts? Lindsay in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, I don't want to add more confusion to everything. Uh, you know, again, the best approach is the one that works for you always. Um, I will go on the record and say that heavy cream, butter, MCT oil, absolutely 100% break a fast. There's different kinds of fasting that utilize them, but that is not, I mean, that is far too many calories. If you have a tablespoon of MCT oil, you're at 100 calories, you know, or it's you're, you're going to definitely be breaking a fast. What you have to look at is the bigger piece of the equation. What is the actual effect of the food you're consuming or beverage that you're consuming on the body? For example, green tea. Green tea is going to activate the AMPK pathway. It's going to activate cyclic adenosine monophosphate. So it's going to put you into a deeper fasted state despite having five calories or three calories. Coffee, the polyphenols in coffee have been demonstrated to does trigger more autophagy. So put you into a deeper fasted state. Caffeine in general is going to mobilize lipids. It's also going to stop the breakdown of cyclic adenosine monophosphate. And what all that gobbledygook means is that they're essentially putting you into a deeper fasted state and getting you more of the desired outcome. Let's not forget that no matter what, no matter what, if you want to be doing the purest, most absolute clean fast possible, it's just water. Everything else is getting granular with different approaches. So if you ever just want to know what is the baseline cleanest way to fast, it's just with water, period. Don't even add salt. Okay. But if you want to start playing around and seeing what gets you the best outcome and makes you feel the best, it gets you the best body composition result, play around with what works for you. 
but having the dairy, having that stuff during a fast, that's just, no, that's just a lot of calories. That's just going to be basically doing keto. You're, you're kicking yourself out of a fasted state. I would say the top line amount of calories you should consume during a fast is going to be 10. 10 calories is a good number that I stick to. Awesome. Love it. Okay. This is from Oksana. Is there any better way to drink ACV? I can't stand it even when you add lemon juice and et cetera. Can ACV mess up your thyroid functions over a long period of time? I don't think that ACV is going to mess up your thyroid functions because the main benefit from ACV is just the acetic acid, uh, which is just the vinegar. And I guess, you know, a lot of people that watch me would probably hate me for saying this, but acetic acid you're going to get from any vinegar, really. Apple cider vinegar has a few more polyphenols in it just because of the nature of how it's fermented. So by far, it's the best vinegar that's out there, but you can get a lot of the same metabolic effects by quite frankly having white vinegar, which doesn't sound that exciting, but if it's a little bit easier for you to get down and have a little bit of white vinegar with some water and a little bit of squirt of lemon, you're still going to get a lot of the acetic acid benefit. You see the acetic acid is going to get converted into it goes into a process where it gets converted into acetoacetate. And when that process happens at the cellular level, it again is putting you into a deeper fasted state. I did a specific video all on this. Uh, so it's not going to affect your thyroid because it's not really doing much there at all, but it helps activate the pathways that get you deeper into a fasted state. Um, you could take apple cider vinegar capsules if you got pure ones. The hard part is a lot of times they're also mixed with maltodextrin or they're mixed with another filler to fill up a capsule but you're getting the acetic acid in that effect. Um, remember, you can dilute it as much as you want to. You don't have to take a potent shot of it. If you want to mix it with 12 ounces of water, a little splash of lemon, and a little bit of stevia, you're just as good as if you were to take a straight shot of it. The only benefit that comes from having a straight shot of it is sort of the gustatory response that comes from having something pungent and powerful tasting like that, which has a neurological effect and sort of waking you up. There's a lot of people that are uh, looking to get off of coffee We'll have a shot of ACV because it'll wake you up. There's no way around it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.